Every single human being wants one thing in her life that is called itminan. Every woman in the world, every man in the world, every Muslim in the world, every non-Muslim in the world, every believer in the world, every atheist in the world, everyone would want something called itminan, sukun, peace and tranquility in their heart. Everybody would want barakah, blessing in their life. However, many of us, we feel that there's no barakah left in our life. There's no sukun in our life. There's no contentment in our life. There's no peace in our life. So if the barakah is missing from our life, the question is where has it gone and how can we get that barakah back? Amazing that you will find a woman will request du'as. What will she say? Make du'a for me. I have no barakah in my time. I have no barakah in my ilm. I don't have barakah in my family relations. I don't have barakah in the home. My husband doesn't have barakah at work. My children don't have barakah in their studies. It means they don't have barakah in any aspect of their life. And on top of that, this woman is a mu'mina, she's a believer. How is it possible that a person has iman, but doesn't have barakah in their life? How is it possible that we have iman, but we don't have barakah in our life? So there's one thing that is missing from our life. And because that is missing from our life, the barakah is missing from our life. And that is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself in Qur'an, He asked us to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Qur'an, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanudhkurullah O you who have iman, if now you want to enjoy that iman, you want to have barakah in that iman, you want to be true to that iman, you want the nur of the iman in your qalb, in your spiritual heart, to make your whole life nawar, udhkurullaha dhikran kathira, you must make zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you must remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dhikran kathir in abundant remembrance, you must remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot. This is a mistake that many women make. So they will say, for example, in Urdu, They will say that I'm just not the type of person who does zikr. It's just not my temperament, it's not my personality, it's not my affinity, it's not my inclination. And if she's still pious on taqwa, on deen, then she will say, okay, I'll do khidmah. I will be of service to the community, I will be of service to the masjid, or maybe she will do something else. So you have to understand, very important, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made insan. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made deen for insan. Number three, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made insan for deen. Means that every single thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in the Quran is perfectly compatible with insan, is the most suitable, most compatible, fits insan like a glove. So there's no way that a person can be alladhina amanu and say that I'm not able to do zikr kathir, I'm not able to remember Allah Ta'ala a lot, I'm not able to do a lot of zikr. 
They have to work on themselves. They have to spiritually develop themselves. They have to train themselves. They have to learn. Don't you see there may be a young woman who before she was married, she never really used to cook because her mother used to do the cooking. But when she got married, when she's put in that situation, so now she doesn't say to her husband, it's not in my bizarre, I can't cook, I'm just not the type of person who cooks, it's not in me, it's not in my personality. No. She learns, she trains herself, she changes herself, she acquires that skill, she develops that skill, she develops that ability. Why? Because she feels that this is her duty, this is how, this is her act of love. If there's a man who had a wealthy parents and he never needed to work and then he gets married, should he tell his wife that, well, it's just not in my visage to work? No. He has to work, he has to earn, he has to provide, he has to support, he has to take care. So deen of Islam has been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to change our visage, change our personality and make our personality and character according to Quran. So if Allah SWT is saying in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira, that all oh, you who believe you must make the zikr of Allah SWT, it means we must make the zikr of Allah SWT. And when I said that the zikr is missing from our life, so what does zikr mean? One meaning of zikr means that a person in their heart they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they feel feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They feel the feeling of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They feel the feeling of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They feel the feeling of awe for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They feel the feeling of shukr, gratefulness for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the sifat and mu'mineen, all of the characteristics of believers, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Quran, they feel all of those feelings. And if a person says, I don't feel any of those feelings, that means that they don't have zikr in their heart. So, what is the best way to check whether we have those feelings called zikr is to look inside our salah. Can I feel Allah in my salah or am I inside Salah and still not able to feel anything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, the early Muslim women, they used to love their Salah, they used to enjoy their Salah. One say that the Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, she made niya, she made intention to pray two rakats of nafal Salah to Hajjah that night. And she was reciting Quran and praying and praying and praying. And she ended up praying the whole night. Then she could tell from her peripheral, her side vision, that Fajr had started. So she wound up her prayer and then she made dua that, Oh Allah, what has happened to your nights? That they're too short even for the two rakats of your Fatima. Now what does that mean? It means that she was praying out of enjoyment, praying out of passion, praying out of feeling. And what happens to us? We pray out of obligation. The best of us are people who pray five times a day out of obligation. We force ourselves to pray. These women, they were salihat. They were zakirat. They did not have to force themselves to pray. They enjoyed praying. So first thing we should check is what is our attitude towards prayer? For example, many times there are some women who get lazy about performing the prayer early, and that's why they lose the barakah that Allah Ta'ala wants to put in their day. The men are preferred that they should pray in the masjid. So the masjid has fixed times for prayer. But women most end up praying at their home, and in their home there's no fixed time for prayer. So what happens then, so let's say the time of Zohar starts at 12, so she looks at her watch, looks at her clock, she sees it's 12, but she's not interested in praying, so she delays it. She keeps delaying it, delaying it, 12.31, 1.30. Then when she realizes that Asr is at 1.45, so she quickly prays her Zohar at 1.30. Because she was praying out of duty, right? She didn't want to miss the Fard, but she wasn't praying out of passion. 1.45, it becomes Asr. She's not interested in praying. 
So she delays it, delays it to 2.33, 3.15. Then when she realizes that Maghrib is 3.45, so she better pray her Asr. So she prays at 3.30, she prays it at the end. Same thing happens with Isha. So let's say Isha is at 6. If she doesn't pray her Isha early, she delays it, delays it, delays it. Then it may even happen. And she may even fall asleep. May even fall asleep without praying Isha. Because she didn't pray, then the husband come home, then she got busy with the kids, husband got busy, 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 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m., then she's so tired, she feels so much fatigue, then she makes such a big sin, she actually goes and lies down in bed, and her intention is not to take a half hour nap and wake up for Isha, she's actually given up her intention to pray Isha, she actually lies down in bed with the intention not to pray Isha. Allahu Akbar. Can you imagine that Allah Ta'ala is looking at her at this moment? And many people we misunderstand, we think missing a prayer is just a 5-10 minute sin because the prayer lasts 5-10 minutes. No. If you deliberately, knowingly miss a prayer, you will get sin for the whole time of that prayer. So for the whole time of Isha, so these days it's like 6pm to 6am, 12 hours of sin she will get. Because she chose voluntarily, deliberately to go to sleep without praying Isha. She had no intention to get up and pray Isha. Can you imagine Allah Ta'ala is looking at that woman? He's watching that woman. And for 12 hours he watches her disobey him. Every second of those 12 hours was the time of Isha. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says in Quran, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ كَانَتْ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ كِتَابًا That indeed the salah, the prayer, has been made mandatory on all believers, believing men, believing women, at set and prescribed and written times. Means every moment of our day has a particular salah attached to it. And when we don't pray the salah, the namaz, that is attached to that time, then for the whole duration of that time, we are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because every second of that time period was the opportunity to pray that salah. Means if we don't pray Isha at night because we were tired, it's not a five or ten minute sin, it's a twelve hour sin. Allahu Akbar. Now, how can that woman, she lost 24 hour day, she lost barakah 12 hours of her life, she lost barakah in her sleep, all because she didn't pray Isha. Then, when we delay the prayer, so yes, once you pray the prayer of that time, Allah Ta'ala will give you the barakah of that time. But if Zohar started at 12 and ended at 1.45 and you pray Zohar at 1.30, so the barakah that Allah Ta'ala wanted to give you in that time, because you prayed Zohar, you only took the barakah in the last 10 minutes of Zohar time. So from 12 to 1.40, you lived without that barakah. If you delay your asr, you missed the barakah. So for women, it's highly recommended that they should try to pray at the earlier time so once they've prayed, then they get that sukoon in their heart. Once they've prayed, then they get the barakah that Allah Ta'ala puts in that time. They should make this an ada, a habit of theirs, that they want to pray in a timely manner. And the books of Islamic fiqh, legal, law and legal history also, it's written that in the early times what the women used to do is they used to designate a particular part of their home. This was formerly called Masjid al-Bayt. Now it's not a masjid in the sense of this masjid, it's not waqf, it's not an endowment, but masjid al-bayt meant either there was a small room, or maybe part of a room, or maybe a corner of a room, or a nook, cranny, alcove, that they dedicated for their ibadah. So the women today, they can make that same intention, even if it just means laying a musalla, a janamus, out in the side of the room, putting your mushaf there, putting a tasbih there, putting some Islamic calligraphy there, putting your Islamic books and dua and tafsir there. Make yourself a little place of ibadah in your home. And there's no harm that the women, you can even make a little sign for yourself of prayer times that, okay, I have to pray my isha at six I want to pray my Zuhur at 11.45. I want to pray Asr at 2 sharp. And you can try to make yourself use these techniques to make yourself pray early. 
if we were to start praying, if the women especially, right, because the men have to follow the Masjid Jamaat times, but if the women were to pray earlier on, then the earlier they pray, the quicker they will get the barakah that Allah Ta'ala has put in that time. So this is one way that we can get the barakah back into our life, by praying on time, not missing the prayer, and praying early, praying the prayer passionately. Don't you see, whenever a person is attracted to something, when they enjoy something, when they like doing something, when they get pleasure for something, then they do it at the earliest opportunity. They do it at the first opportunity. For example, let's say there's a woman and she really likes her morning tea. But let's say in the morning the children were giving her a tough time getting ready for school, so she had to skip her tea and she had to take them on the school run, drop them off. All the way home, back from school, she's thinking about her tea. The second she goes home, the first thing, very first thing, she won't delay, won't postpone, won't wait. The very first thing she'll do, she'll enter the home and she'll make her tea. Why? Because she had, her tea was marghub. She had a ragba. She had yearning, passion, attraction for that tea. Allah SWT says in Quran, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْسَبْ فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ When you become free, so when you're free from dropping the children, taking care of the home, if you're a homemaker, housewife, if you're free from working as a nurse or a female doctor or a female teacher in the Muslim school, if you're working within the bounds of Sharia, whenever you become free, Allah Ta'ala said, in your free time, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ When you become free, فَانْسَبْ You should become strong. دَجَّوْ you should become a person of resolve. Why? Because number one, when a person is free, that's when all the depression comes, that's when the sorrow comes, that's when the sadness comes. When a person is free, that's when the nafs and shaitan tries to make a person do sin, or at least to waste their time. So whenever you are free, fun sub, you should become strong, have resolve, have himma. And what should you do when you're free? What should be the first thing you turn to when you're free? What should have been your heart's passion that you were waiting all day for the moment you could be free so you could do what? Wa ila rabbika farghab that you would turn in ragba in yearning towards your rab. That woman who can make her heart her heart such that whenever she's free she turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the time, day and night, she's just waiting to be free so she can turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That woman will get so much barakah back into her life. And this is such a beautiful verse of Qur'an, such a beautiful word of Qur'an, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over and over in Qur'an, Rabbika, Rabbuka, Rabbaka. What does it mean? Allah saying, I'm your Rabb. You know, if somebody came to us, some person, and said to us, I'm yours. We would be so touched, our heart would melt. It's this person's giving themselves to me. This person is saying, I'm yours. Allah subhanahu wa says in Quran, over and over and over again to the believing men and women, Rabbuka, Rabbika, Rabbaka, I'm your Rabb, your Rabb, your Rabb. If only we could accept that gift of Allah subhanahu wa if only we could respond two ways the Mashaikh teaches to respond in feeling. That when Allah Ta'ala says, Rabbuka, then I am your Rabb, we should respond that Abduka, Ya Allah, I am your Abd. You are my Allah and I am your servant and slave. And the second way we should respond is when Allah Ta'ala says, Rabbuka, Rabbaka, Rabbik, then I am your Rabb, your Rabb, your Rabb. We should take that gift and clasp it to our heart and say, Rabbi, Yes Allah, you are my Rabb. I take it. <laughs> You're gifting yourself to me and saying that you are my Rabb. I take that gift and I put it in my heart. I say, Anta Rabbi Ya Allah, that you are my Rabb. Indeed you are mine. Just like you said, Allah, I am yours. Allah Ta'ala says to servant, I am yours. Allah Ta'ala, I accept it and say, yes, Allah, you are mine. <laughs> you are mine. Exactly like you said. Allah Akbar. Quran is about feelings, feelings, feelings. Big mistake that many people have made with Quran today. That they just confine Quran to the wordings or to the meanings. You know, Quran has three things in it. The first thing is the wordings. For that you have to learn Tajweed, you have to learn how to recite Quran properly. That is far, you have to do that. And for that you would say you need a teacher. 
You need a qariya, you need a female instructor of tajweed and qiraat who can look at the way you pronounce words and fix it for you. And depending on your skill, she may tell you, I can fix your Quran, your word pronunciation in three months, six months, one year. Then if you want to learn meanings of Quran, you also need a teacher. She is called Alima Mufassira. She's somebody who has studied the in-depth meanings of Quran and she can teach you the meanings of Quran. And that could take, again, a few years. And the third thing in the Quran is the feelings of Quran. Now imagine if you need a teacher for the wordings of Quran, if you need a teacher for the meanings of Quran, then imagine how badly we would need a teacher for the feelings of Quran. We have to feel the feelings of Quran. It's not just about going through tarjama, running through the English translation, running through the Urdu translation. No, it's about feeling, living and feeling the Quran. Even this one word, Rabbuka, if we could learn how to feel it in our heart, we would get the barakah back into our life. So we've lost the barakah because we're unfeeling mu'mineen. We don't have the same warm feelings about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and about deed and about ibadah that the sahabiyat, the great women, the salihat had of the past. And alhamdulillah, some great women today, they still have it. Deep, warm feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I said the first thing to check was your salah, how passionately, how promptly, how enjoyably you pray salah. Second thing is when you're praying salah, inside salah, how much are you able to remember and feel Allah SWT? Many women say that I pray, but I don't feel anything in my prayer. Allahu Akbar. No feeling. Now you know that's a very serious thing. It's a very serious illness when a person loses feeling. Imagine if you lost all feeling on your tongue. You were no longer able to taste. You couldn't tell the difference between what is sweet, what is bitter. You couldn't tell the difference between different types of sweet, different between chocolate flavor, different between vanilla flavor, difference between strawberry flavor. So what would you do? Would you sit back and do nothing? No. You would be so worried that just this one tongue of mine has lost its feeling, you would go to every doctor you could find, you would forget all of your other happinesses, all of your other achievements, all of your other accomplishments, all of your happinesses would be brought to zero because you couldn't feel with your tongue. Then imagine that person who cannot feel at all. That's what they call paralysis. No part of their body has any feeling left. They're completely paralyzed. Now what a big tragedy it is, right? We see a person like that, sitting in the wheelchair, they can't even move a pinky finger. They can't even nod their head. They've lost all feeling. So that person who has lost all physical feeling, we view that as a tremendous tragedy. Infinitely more of a tragedy is that person who says, I have lost all spiritual feeling. I stand in the salah, I don't feel it. I do ruku, I don't feel it. I do sajda, I don't feel it. I can taste the difference between chocolate and strawberry ice cream. I can't taste the different pleasure between subhanahu rabbil adeem and subhanahu rabbil a'la. Awliyaullah, they felt the different pleasure in these two things. You know when they said Allahu Akbar going into sajda, that was one type of pleasure. The Allahu Akbar they say going up from sajda, that's a different type of pleasure. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> You don't even know about these things? Our Mashaikh say in Urdu, So like for me, it's true in Pakistani sweets, right? There's so many sweets in Pakistan, Rasgulla and Gulab Jamun and Barfi and Patisa and this and that and the other. So I know their names, but I don't really know well their flavors because I don't enjoy it, right? But I know the difference between chocolate flavor, vanilla flavor, strawberry flavor, pistachio flavor, coffee flavor. These great women and men, Oliya, they could taste the different flavors and pleasures of ibadah. They were people of feeling, people of passion. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu was narrated about him, that when he used to hear the adhan, when he heard the first Allah, ism jalala, 
of the first sentence, Allahu Akbar of Adhan, just hearing Allah Ta'ala's name would change his whole complexion. It would have such an impact on his heart. That's what Allah Ta'ala says in Quran. And when Allah Ta'ala is mentioned, it has an effect on their hearts. Their hearts tremble, shiver, quiver. Oh, Akbar. Imagine Sayyidina Ali anhu. The first Allah Ismi Jalala of Allah Akbar of Adhan already affected him. Now then imagine same Sayyidina Ali is going to listen to all of Adhan. Imagine how melted his heart must be after Adhan. Then he's going to go make wudu. Then he's going to enter into the masjid. By the time he stands and says salah, he's completely lost in feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah knows best what type of incredible feelings and pleasures he must have experienced inside his salah. Compare that with us. How hard must our heart be that if you hear adhan in the receivers on home, it has no effect on your heart. You go and make wudu, no effect on your heart. You go stand on your musallah janamas, no effect on your heart. You say Allahu Akbar, still no effect on your heart. You recite Surah Fatiha, no effect on your heart. You recite some more Quran, no effect on your heart. You say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim and you bow to Allah Ta'ala in Ruku, no effect on your heart. You go all the way down into Sajda, the highest state of physical worship. And you say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la and then still you say there's no effect on my heart. You say I have no feelings in prayer. I prayed the entire prayer, not just one Sajda, not just two Sajdas. Eight sajdas I made and four rakats prayer. Eight sajdas and I couldn't feel anything. And not just once a day, not once in my life, not once a year, not once a month, not once a week, not once a day, five times a day, 35 days a week, 140 times every four weeks, over a thousand times a year, for how many years of my life and I still can't feel anything. Allahu Akbar. Can you imagine how hard that heart must be? So many sajdas can't dent it. And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, mashallah, just hears the name of his beloved Allah and his heart is melted. That's the difference. That's the difference. We've lost our feelings. Spiritually paralyzed. Cannot experience the feelings. And these great mu'mineen and mu'minat, Allah ta'ala says in Surah Al-Rahman, that each and every day Allah Ta'ala manifests Himself in a new splendor, new beauty, new majesty. And the Uliyai Mufassirin, they write that the mu'min who is a wali of Allah, they can feel that new sha'an every day. What does it mean? That they enjoy every salah in a new pleasure. They enjoy every ruku with a new flavor. They enjoy every sajda with a new pleasure. That's why they used to pray all night long. All night long. Like today, me and you and the young men and women, we can eat ice cream all night long. Right? Because we enjoy every spoon. (laughs) We enjoy the hundredth spoon, the thousandth spoon, just as much as we enjoyed the first spoon. That's how they were like in their salah. They used to enjoy. That person who can get a heart that feels the zikr of Allah Ta'ala inside salah, then they will get barakah in their life. And they were such people that they also used to remember Allah Ta'ala outside Salah. It's in Quran. So first in Quran, remembering Allah inside Salah, that you should establish the prayer for Ma, Allah Ta'ala says, for Ma, yani for Allah Ta'ala's dhikr, for Allah's remembrance. And even outside prayer, outside Ibadah, even then they were doing dhikr of Allah. Even then all the time their heart was feeling feelings for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's what it means, zikr. All the time their heart was feeling feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, رِجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ أَنْ ذِكْرِ There are such people that nothing in this world, neither trade, neither commerce, even while buying, selling, bargaining, negotiating, even while being involved in worldly, dunyavi, mundane, material activity, even then, in the heart and thick of that, even that cannot distract them even one drop from the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Compare that to us with the complete opposite, 
that we write in ibadah, in the heart of ibadah, in salah, fard salah, in the core of that fard salah, inside sajda, we're not able to remember Allah Ta'ala one drop. We've become the complete opposite of Qur'anic mu'min. We've lost all feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we lose all the feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how are we going to have barakah in our life? How are we going to have itminan? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Qur'an, Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub that know that only and only be aware, be well informed, that only and only in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will the spiritual hearts find itminan. Only one way you can get that inner peace, inner happiness to the zikr of Allah. Your body might find itminan through something else. Your mind might find itminan through something else. But your qalb, your spiritual heart, that will only and only find itminan when it does the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like the function of the eyes is to see, the function of the ears is to hear, the function of the tongue is to speak and taste, the function of the qalb, the spiritual heart, is to do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me show you from one passage of Qur'an how much barakah Allah Ta'ala has put in this zikr. So then you realize what it is that we're missing. And you should never look at is zikr optional or required. Yes, zikr is nafil. No doubt about it, it's not farad. But you should instead look, is it beneficial or not? Now let me show you from Qur'an how beneficial it is. And then you decide whether you want to keep it optional in your life or you view, the, you view the benefits as optional, or do you view the benefits as something that you require, you feel that you must have? Or do you feel the benefits are something that you can go without in your life? So listen to what Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira. That O oh, you who believe, you must remember, make zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kathira a lot, a lot. This is the only place where Allah Ta'ala commanded us kathir. Allah Ta'ala commanded us to have sabr, didn't say kathir. Commanded us to have tawakkul, didn't say kathir. Commanded us to have shukr, didn't say kathir. When Allah Ta'ala commanded dhikr, He said kathir, you must do it a lot. Why? Because a little dhikr is not going to be enough to help you. In fact, when Allah Ta'ala in Quran describes the salah, the namaz of the munafiq, of the hypocrite, Allah Ta'ala says about them that inside their prayer, لَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا That they don't remember Allah Ta'ala except a little bit. So if any one of us feels that in my salah namaz, I remember Allah Ta'ala a little bit, it means we are according to definition of munafiqeen. So Allah Ta'ala said, اُذْكُرُ اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا كَثِيرًا That Allah Amanu, they have to remember Allah Ta'ala a lot, a lot, a lot. Then Allah Ta'ala continues, وَسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَسِيلًا And they must make tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala morning and evening, subah sham. In Urdu what they say is, subah sham kima'ulat. This is taken from this ayah. They must do tasbih of Allah Ta'ala morning and evening. What does it mean to say subhan? When we say subhanallah, what does it mean? It means we're saying that my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free and pure from all imperfection, from all flaw, from any fault, from even the possibility of any such thing, from even the remotest possibility of any such thing, even the most hypothetical possibility of any such thing, my Allah subhanahu is free from any and all flaws and imperfection. And second, that my Allah subhanahu has all of the wonderful attributes, has all of the perfections, means that my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is amazing. Subhanallah means that my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is amazing. That's what Allah ta'ala is saying. That every morning and every evening, you should remind yourself, you should feel how amazing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Morning and evening. وَسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَسِيلًا And then Allah Ta'ala continues in this passage in Qur'an that He tells us how amazing He is. In case we didn't know, we would say in Urdu, Allah Ta'ala apna ta'aruf karwate. Allah Subh'ala Ta'ala describes Himself to those Allah Dina Amanu, tries to tell them what will happen if you do dhikr-e-kathir. 
So Allah said, O oh, you believe, do a lot of dhikr. Now Allah Ta'ala is going to show what will happen if you do a lot of dhikr. Huwa, Allah Ta'ala is that big. He, Allah, Allah is that big. Huwa, Allah yusalli alaykum. Allah Ta'ala will send salawat on you. وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ And all of the angels will send salawat on you. Ya Allah, in Quran you said this for Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. إِنَّ اللَّهُ وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ يُسَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ Here Allah SWT is saying for those alladhina amanu who do dhikri kathir, what will they find that in same Quran, same Allah SWT is saying, in same Quran, one Quran that one Allah SWT is saying, that He will send the same salawat on those mu'mineen who do dhikri kathir, that the same one Allah sends on the Prophet wasallam. Allahu Akbar وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ And all of the angels will send salawat Salawat means blessings, mercies, grace, fuzzle, karam All angels including angel Jibreel alayhi salam Allahu Akbar, angel Jibreel alayhi salam Otherwise his duty has been to give wahi to anbiya But for mu'mineen who are dhakirin Duty of angel Jibreel alayhi salam is to send salawat perpetually onto them now you tell me that woman who is doing dhikr kathir and Allah Ta'ala sending his salawat on her heart, all of the angels including Jibreel are sending salawat on her, could that woman still feel depressed? Is it possible? That she's getting salawat from Allah SWT and she feels sad? No way. <laughs> no way. Now you tell me, is getting the salawat from Allah SWT and the angels, this benefit, is this optional? Do we view it as something optional for us? Something that we can go without? That it's okay Allah SWT, I don't need to do zikr, I'm happy living my life without your salawat and without the angel's salawat. Can anybody think like that? So it's required. It's the biggest thing that we need. It's the greatest gift that Allah can give us His salawat And the salawat of all of the angels And now watch Allah Ta'ala Himself will show in Quran What will happen when you get these salawat Allah Ta'ala says in Quran هُوَ الَّذِي يُسَلِّ عَلَيْكُمْ وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ لِيُخْرِجَكُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ What will happen? Allah Ta'ala and the angels are going to send all of these salawat on you So that you may be taken out by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that Allah ta'ala may take you out from the dhulamat, from all of the darknesses, from the darkness of depression, from the darkness of sadness, from the darkness of the husband who mistreats you, from the darkness of the child who is disobedient to you, from the darkness of your own sins, of your own laziness, from all of the darknesses, dhulamat, from every single trouble and worry and darkness, Allah SWT will take you out of that ilan nur and Allah SWT will bring you into singular nur the nur of his hidayah the nur of his rahmah the nur of his barakah the nur of that being Allah SWT who, who is himself a nur now you tell me if Allah SWT one is I want to try to take myself out of depression maybe maybe not successful that person who Allah Ta'ala is going to take out from all of the zulamat and that person who Allah Ta'ala is going to take them into nur can any force or power on earth return that person to the zulamat no way is that optional for us hmm? so we've underestimated what the Quran is talking about the benefit and importance and value and need need to do zikr kathir but Allah Ta'ala is not even done in this passage. Allah Akbar even more. Next Allah Ta'ala says, وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا Allah Akbar. And then Allah says, that not only will I take them out, I will send salawat, angels will send salawat, I will take them out of everything into nur. وَكَانَ Kana comes from what we call istimrar for perpetual. Means and Allah SWT always, always will be rahim with such mu'mineen. They started out as Alladina Amanu, they did zikr kathir, now they've become mu'mineen. And Allah Ta'ala is always merciful. So what is the next thing it means? That Allah Ta'ala will also forgive them for their sins. Rahim means Allah sends down His mercy. 
Rahman means Allah possesses infinite mercy. Rahim means for Him to shower that infinite mercy on us. So it means that Allah Ta'ala is saying that He will always, always and always shower such believers who do zikr kasir with this infinite mercy. Now you tell me being drowned in the infinite mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that optional? Can we live a life without that? Can we really view the zikr to be optional? Allahu Akbar. وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا Now Allah Ta'ala continues that what's going to happen on the Day of Judgment? What about what will we get from the zikr later on? So first thing that happens in Akhirah, Day of Judgment. So Allah Ta'ala says, For these alladhina amanu, who did zikr kathir, who did a lot of zikr, not only does Allah Ta'ala malaika send salawat on them on this earth, take them out of all zulamat and tanur, that Allah Ta'ala is always, always showering them with His infinite mercy, but another thing that will happen with them on the Day of Judgment, Quran Azim Ashan, Tahiyyatuhum yawma yalqawnuhu salam, that on that Day of Judgment, when they are resurrected and brought in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, their greeting on that day will be salam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what will happen. They will hear salam from Allah. Ya Allah, me and you, what else could there be in the world that we would want? We could live our whole life just for the sake of hearing that one salam. Just that one salam is worth anything and everything in this world. That one salam. And you know the feeling of this ayah, now if that person's day of judgment begins, because tahiyya means greeting, means iftita, iftida, how will it begin? If the day of judgment for them, if the journey of akhirah for them, begins with salam from Allah, then I don't feel it can end in anything other than jannatul firdos. Yes? If it begins with the salam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it can only end in not just Jannah, but Jannah al-Firdos. What does Jannah al-Firdos mean? So every woman in Jannah al-Firdos, she will become Sahabiya. Because she will be living in the same neighborhood of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. He also lives in Jannah al-Firdos, right? Now imagine if I told any woman that I can make you Madani Sahabiya for one day. What are you willing to do? You would say, I'll give up my whole life, everything. And if you're a real mu'mina, you'd say, I'll give my husband, children, father, I give up everything. Give me one day in Medina Manawar as a sahabiyah. Oh, Allah Ta'ala is offering all of eternity as a sahabiyah. And in a place that's even better than Medina Manawara, in Jannah al-Firdos, and you will be sahabiyah of all the sahabiyat, you will be there with all of the Ummah Mahatul Mu'mineen, all of the Nabiheen, all of the Sahaba. That's what is on offer. That's what Allah Ta'ala is offering. Allahu Akbar. That's why Allah Ta'ala then concluded this part by saying, وَأَنْدَلَهُمْ أَجْرًا kareema." And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been preparing forever. Allahu Akbar. وَأَنْدَ Forever, for all of past eternity. Allah Ta'ala has been yearning and waiting and preparing for those believing women who do zikr kathir And what has He been preparing for them? Ajran Karima, a most generous, bountiful, eternal, never-ending, unfading beauty reward. Allahu Akbar. All of this is if a person does zikr kathir Now you know, I'll tell you now in history, history of Islam, Many mashayikh of tasawwuf in the beginning, they used to very rarely take women as students to teach them zikr. Why? Because most women were in the home. They were in protected environments. They were already doing ibadah. They were already doing zikr. And similarly, there were no women's dalalooms in the first 13-50 years of Islam. Now you will see, for example, in, in the part of the world, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, there were no female dalalooms. In the 1960s and 70s, the first one or two Darulums started. Why? Because the ulama realized that now that we've become independent, especially in the 70s, but women are now functioning in society. Some may be doctors, some may be nurses, some may be teachers, some are going to university, college, school. So when they saw that women are no longer in that protected environment of the home, they are now going outside in society. So then they felt the need 
All of the ulama of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, some sooner, some later, but eventually all of them felt the need that now we have to give a woman the same formal education and Islamic learning. We need to make women's dal ulums. We need to make women scholars of tafsir and hadith because before they were scholars like that, but they became like that in their own homes because for the vast majority of Islamic history, every woman had either a father, a husband, or son, or a sister, or a mother, or someone who was a scholar in her own family. So the ulama, and they would just learn from that family member. But now the ulama also saw that now women are coming from families and homes where there is no scholar to teach them. So in 70s it started, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2011 or 12 or whatever it is now. Alhamdulillah, there are now thousands of women's darlulums. Same thing happens with dhikr. Same thing. So now, but this started a bit later on, I would say in the 80s and 90s, the Mashaikh started realizing that women need to be taught zikr formally, just like the men. Why? Because just like the men expose themselves to the spiritual radiation in society, and therefore they need to have regular formal zikr. They need to do zikr formally, and they need to do it regularly, in order to protect themselves from that spiritual radiation, just like that. Now women, who even on their school runs, even on their asta shopping, they're exposed to society. So just like the men need that formal training and regular zikr, just like that women are also going to need formal training and regular zikr. And Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ It's a word in Qur'an. It means the male believers who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly. And the word kathir is understood there as ataf. And the female believers who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly. So there's a word in Qur'an that we want all of the women today to make niya intention because our belief about Qur'an is that we must do amal, we must practice and live and feel every word of Qur'an. So what is the word of Qur'an today for you? It's called dhakirat. Those women believers of Allah who remember Him a lot, who remember Him all the time, who have feelings in their heart for Allah subhanahu wa all the time. This ummah needs women who are dhakirat. We need dhakira teacher. We need dhakira homemaker. We need dhakira doctor. We need dhakira mother. We need dhakira sister. We need dhakira daughter. We need dhakira wife. Yes, we need dhakira husband, father, but I'm talking to the women today. We tell the men the same thing when we speak to them. The women need to become dhakirat. And I ask you, if you don't do amal on Qur'an, is there any other group of women on this earth who believe in Qur'an other than the Muslim women? Is there any other group of women on earth who are going to respond to the call of Qur'an other than the Muslim women? No. So you have to become dhakirat. It's up to you. And if you become amongst the dhakirat, then you will get all of those blessings and virtues and rewards and benefits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an and we described and taught you today. Allah ta'ala salawat, angel salawat, taking out from your zulamat, greetings from Allah ta'ala, mercy from Allah ta'ala, forgiveness for your sins, greetings from Allah ta'ala on the day of judgment, and access to jannat al-firdos. Allahu Akbar. So that means now we have to tell you some zikr so you should do it so you can become amongst the zakirat. So first thing, first thing is that you should do daily recitation, daily tilawatul Qur'an in the Arabic original. There are two parts to the hidayah, to the guidance of Qur'an. One is called ilm, the knowledge of Qur'an. For that, to get the ilm of Qur'an, you have to study tarjima and tafsir under an alim or alima of Qur'an, under a scholar of Qur'an. Just like to get the ilm of medicine, you have to study that under a qualified doctor. There's another aspect to the hidayah, the guidance in Qur'an, and that is the zikr that is in the Qur'an. That comes from doing tilawa of the Arabic, of kalamullah, to experience and pronounce kalamullah. To read the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Arabic original. And to go through the Quran gradually, gradually, gradually finish it, then start again. So you should make near intention that I want to spend my whole life 
starting Quran, reading, 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 reading Quran, finishing Quran, then again starting Quran. Every day that I'm able to recite, I want no day to be empty of recitation of Quran. This point, the reason our Mashaikh tell us about daily, daily practices is that because you have a book of deeds, every day of your life is a page on that book of deeds. You need to start writing that page, every page yourself. Don't leave any blanks empty on that page. The more blanks you leave empty on that page, the more nafs and shaitan will pick up the pen and they will start writing your book of deeds for you. If you don't fill your day with these nafil ibadat zikr, shaitan and the nafs will make you fill it with TV, with music, with movies, with newspapers, with hours and hours spent on the phone. But if you start filling up your day with zikr of Allah Ta'ala, remember, فَإِذَا فَرَقْتَ فَانْسَبْ That when you become free, turn in resolve to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرَقَبْ Turn to your Rabb in yearning. That's what you want. You should make niyat of that ayah. I want every day to do amal on this ayah. I want to show my ragba for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. I want to show my love for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. That's by doing nafil ibadah. Not fard, fard ibadah you must do, but that shows your duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nafil ibadah shows your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first thing is talawati Qur'an. For those women who have more time, maybe their children are at school, they have more time, they should read one juz, one para a day, on the days they're able. And if a woman is more busy, full-time student, full-time housemaker, full-time homekeeper, full-time mother, then she should do half a juz, half a para a day. And even if she can't start with that, start with whatever she can, and work her way up to half a juz a day. So number one dhikr is daily talawat of Qur'an. Number two is daily istighfar, 100 times a day to make istighfar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli dhanbin wa atubu ilayh. I seek the forgiveness of Allah, my Rabb, from all of my sins and I turn in true tawbah and repentance towards Him. And the feeling you should feel when you make istighfar is that you're reading these words on your tongue but you're trying to wipe away the sinful feelings in your heart. Allah Ta'ala take away the unlawful lust from my heart, the unlawful anger from my heart, the unlawful envy, jealousy from my heart, the unlawful malice, spite, hatred, negative feelings I have for my Muslim, any Muslim sister, friend from my heart. Take away my love for the world, materialism from my heart. Take away my vanity, conceit, pride, arrogance from my heart. So making istighfar on those feelings, take out all those bad feelings of it. Third thing is daily durood salawat and Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Four things have come over and over in durood. Salli, salawat, salli, barakat, barik, and salam, sallim. And to do it on the all of the Prophet as well. So the shortest durood that has all of these things is as follows. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. And you should make this drood salawat hundred times a day. And your intention on that is what is the feeling? So the feeling should be that you're reminding yourself that I'm not an ordinary woman. I'm the follower of a Nabi. I'm a believer in a Nabi. I'm the daughter of Umahatul Mu'mineen. I'm the daughter of Aisha radiallahu anha. I'm the daughter of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. I'm the legatee, the heir to the haya of Sayyidina Maryam radiallahu ta'ala anha. I have a certain way of carrying myself. A young woman, she should feel like that. If some boy tries to SMS her, tries to talk to her, she should feel in her heart, then who does he think I am? I am a person who believes in Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam. I'm the spiritual daughter of Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha. What did you think me to be? You think you can win me over just like that? No. So a woman should have her haya, her identity. So restore your identity as the follower of the greatest and last and final Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hundred times daily durood salawat. Fourth thing, number four, is that whenever you're not doing ibadah, so when you're studying, when you're teaching, when you're driving, when you're shopping, when you're sitting with family and friends, when you're working, whatever you're doing, much of our time is spent outside about that, right? Cooking, cleaning, all of that. At that time in your heart, you should still feel some feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Never let your heart become empty of the feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Arabic this is called wukufi qalbi. To pause your spiritual heart on the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you do this? So before you start any activity, for one minute, one or two minutes, try to feel in your heart some feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, try to feel the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Feel the fear for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or think about any ayat of Qur'an which will make you feel something such as huwa ma'akum aina ma'kuntum. Allah Ta'ala says that He is with you wherever you are. So feel that my Allah Ta'ala is with me. Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ that Allah is close to you. Feel that my Allah is close to me. Or think of His Asma'al Husna. Allah Ta'ala's Al-Kareem feel how He's been generous with you on that day. Or As-Satar feel how He hid your sins from others on that day. Feel some feelings for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and then start your activity. And then the second step is during that activity, you should check your heart and you will find, for example, if Fatima, she checks her heart and she will say, Fatima, have you gotten so involved in the studying, cooking, working that you forgot Allah altogether? And you'll say yes. So remind your heart. Just remind your heart. Stop for 10 seconds. Remind your heart. Feel the feelings and go back to your activity. You should do this 24 hours a day. Constantly reminding, reminding, reminding your heart. When you keep reminding, reminding, reminding your heart, then inshallah your heart will gradually start remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you keep reminding, reminding, reminding your heart, then your heart will start remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you keep reminding, reminding your heart, then your heart will keep remembering, remembering, remembering Allah. Then when your heart is remembering Allah, then your heart will start reminding you about Allah. What does that mean? So you're about to do backbiting of someone, all of a sudden your heart will feel the feeling of fear of Allah, you will close your mouth. You're about to talk back to someone, your heart will feel the azmat of Allah subhanahu you will close your mouth. You're about to go to sleep without praying Isha, your heart will feel the feeling of fear for Allah Ta'ala, you'll get back up and you'll pray your Isha. You're feeling sleepy in the morning, you hear the alarm, your heart will feel the feeling of love for Allah subhanahu you'll pop out of your bed, you'll pray your tajjud. So we have to train our heart to feel those feelings. And the last and final thing we can tell you for today, so the fifth type of zikr that you can practice, first was daily recitation of Qur'an, second was daily istighfar, third was daily dirud salawat, fourth was 24 hours to keep reminding your heart to feel feelings for Allah, along with all the activities that you do. And the fifth and final thing for today is what we call muraqaba in Arabic. That means to spend 5 or 10 minutes in the morning and 5 or 10 minutes in the evening trying to forget everything in this world and only feel the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your heart. The way to do this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ And remember your rub inside of yourself. What is inside of you is your ruh. So use your ruh to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what part of your ruh remembers Allah? Your qalb, your spiritual heart. Just like your physical body has a physical heart, your spiritual ruh has a spiritual heart. Just like your whole ruh is inside your whole body, your spiritual heart is inside your physical heart. So you just make niya intention that, Ya Allah, I'm remembering you from my spiritual heart, my qalb. Tadarru'an mukhifa, Humbly, silently, secretly. And then you will need something to focus on on that zikr. So that Allah Ta'ala has explained in Quran, وَذْكُرْ isma rabbik And remember the name of your Rabb. And the name of our Rabb is Allah. So you're just going to focus on Allah's beautiful name, Allah, and keep focusing on that name over and over and over again. Why? Because that name has barakah. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Rabbik, And full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. What is the barakah? What is the real blessing of this name? That when you do zikr of the name, you're actually doing zikr of Allah Ta'ala to whom belongs that name. That's the barakah. So over and over you just don't say anything with your tongue. You just imagine that your qalb is calling out Allah, 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 and you're becoming unaware of everything else. You're tuning out everything else. As Allah commanded in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكْ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا So tabattal and tabtil means that I become unaware of everything else and I become only aware of the zikr of Allah's name coming from my heart. So we make dua inshallah that you practice these five types of dhikr. And then inshallah anybody who wants to learn more about dhikr, we've given you our cards upstairs, 
Uh, we have a website, islamicspirituality.org. You can go to the site, you can listen to the talks, you can contact my wife and myself through the email on that site. We have free online classes we teach for women in the name of Zainab Academy. Both my wife, myself, other alamas, female scholars will teach you Quran, Hadith, many different things. You should try to increase your practice of deen, your ilm of deen, your love for deen, your zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that you can also become those special women known as Zakirat. So that is our hope and our prayer for you. May Allah Ta'ala make each and every one of us amongst the Zakirin and Zakirat. you were our most kind and generous Rabb. Ya Allah, you said such beautiful things to us in Qur'an. You were so kind and loving towards us in Qur'an. You've been so gentle and merciful towards us in Qur'an. Ya Allah, we've been unkind to our own selves. We have failed to respond to you. We have failed to do dhikr of you. We failed to be people of dhikr kathir. Ya Allah, we make tawbah of this lapse. Ya Allah, we want to turn to you in true repentance. Turn to you in zikr. Ya Allah, make us amongst the zakirin Allah. Make us to amal on each and every eye of Qur'an. Let us feel each and every feeling of Qur'an. Ya Allah, we ask that you take out all the unlawful feelings from our heart and put all of the pure feelings into our heart. Ya Allah, we ask that you put the feelings back into our ibadah, put the feelings back into our salah. Ya Allah, we too want to feel you when we recite Fatiha. We too want to feel you when we go into Ruku. Ya Allah, we too want to feel your Qurub when we go into Sajda. Ya Bikrim, we ask that you give us a living heart, a breathing heart, a pure heart, a heart that fears you, Ya Allah, a heart that is in awe of you, Ya Allah, a heart that reveres you, Ya Allah, a heart that loves you, Ya Allah. We ask that you fill our hearts with love for you, love for Deen, love for Quran, love for Nabi Salam, love for His Sunnah, love for all of those who love you in Him, love for all of those who are beloved to you in Him, love for all of those actions that are beloved to you in Him. And Ya Allah, we ask that you take out from our heart all of the unlawful love, the unlawful attraction, whether it be of people, whether it's of ourselves, our own vanity, whether it is of this world, or material desires. Ya Allah, we ask that you take out all of those unlawful feelings from our heart. And we ask that you restore your love in our heart. Ya Allah, we ask that you be pleased with us, Ya Allah. If you are pleased with us, then Ya Allah, we have everything in this world. And you remain unpleased with us, Ya Allah. We have nothing in this world. Ya Allah, we are turning to you. Ya Allah, we have brought no amal on this day. We have brought no special taqwa on this day. We have brought our broken hearts to you on this day. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept this niyyah. Mend this broken heart. Accept this heart for you. You said in Quran, Rambuka, Rambaka, Rambik. Ya Allah, we say today, Ya Allah, Ana Amduka, Amduka. Ya Allah, we are your Amd. We are your Amd. And Ya Allah, we say to Ya Allah, Anta Rabbi Ya Allah, Anta Rabbuna Ya Allah, that you indeed are our Rabb Ya Allah, you are my Rabb Ya Allah, we accept you as our Rabb Ya Allah, Ya Allah find your place in our heart, empty our heart from anything that is keeping us away from you, if there's anything that we do, anything that we say, anything that we think, anything that we feel, anything about our personality, anything in our temperament, anything in our outlook, anything in our lifestyle that is even slightly displeasing to you. Ya Allah, we make tawbah of it. We wish to flee from it. We wish to leave it. Ya Allah, we want you to remake us in such a way that you are pleased with us. Let everything we do be such that is pleasing to you. Everything we say be such that is pleasing to you. Everything that we think be such that it is pleasing to you. Everything that we feel be such that it is pleasing to you. Ya Allah, we make special door for all of the women of this ummah, the women of this masjid, the women of this community. Ya Allah, make them shining lights of the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. Fill your, their hearts with the nur of your dhikr. Fill your heart, fill their hearts with haya. Make all of the women have the same haya. As Sayyidatana Maryam radiallahu ta'ala anha. Grant all of the men here the same haya. As Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, we have come to you impure. But Ya Allah, you are muqallib al-qulub. You are muzakki al-qulub. Ya Allah, we ask that you purify us, Ya Allah. 
Make us pure once again, Ya Allah. Keep us pure, Ya Allah. Make us pure on the deen, Ya Allah. Make us amongst your mukhlisin, your siddiqeen, your sadiqeen, your salihin. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, we make everyone in their heart has some desire from you. Everyone in our heart has some sin we make tawbah to from you. Ya Allah, you know the secrets of our hearts. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our du'as on this day. You have billions of servants, Ya Allah. We have no other one to turn to except you. You'll accept our du'as on this day. Make us amongst your ibadah salihin. Send your salawat upon us, Ya Allah. Take us out from the dhulamat into nur, Ya Allah. Send your rahmah upon us, Ya Allah. Accept us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that once, Ya Allah, you call us abdi, Ya Allah. Call us your abdi, Ya Allah. Accept us as your ibad, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Dhul Jalal, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, we make du'a for this much to this community, for all of this ummah, and especially the weak and oppressed of this ummah. Ya Allah, we make du'a for the weak and oppressed women of this ummah. Ya Allah, send your special help on them. Send your special courage on them. Give them hope when they see none. Give them strength when they are weak. Give them himmah. Give them istikamah. Send your special mercy on them. Protect them when they are threatened. And you'll let all of the other women do qadr of their izzah, qadr of their wealth, qadr of their health, and let them do khidmah of their Muslim women all over the world. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept our du'as out of your rahmah, Ya Allah. Rabbana takammal minna innaka anta samil alim. Watubu alayna innaka anta tawabu rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin.